American soccer fans, welcome to episode 76 of the Stars and Stripes FC podcast. Donald Wine here, manager of Stars and Stripes FC, your source for all things U.S. national teams, the players that comprise them, and everything else surrounding the game of soccer in America. It's been a couple of weeks. We have a couple of things we wanted to catch you up on, but really... We are here because the World Cup qualifying window for the men's national team is almost upon us. We are just less than a week away from the very first game that the United States men's national team will play in what is the final window of World Cup qualifying. That game, obviously, a big game at Estadio Azteca versus Mexico. There is also a game on March 27th at Exploria Stadium. In Orlando, Florida, they will take on Panama at home there and then round out the window with the final match date, March 30th at Estadio Nacional in San Jose against Costa Rica. So just today, as we record on March 17th, happy St. Patrick's Day, happy holy for you. And for those of you who are like me, happy March Madness Day. There was a lot going on today, but one thing that did happen was the release of the men's national team roster. And we have a 27-man roster that was revealed on SportsCenter of all places. And Greg Berhalter also held a press conference immediately after that presentation to go over some of the names that he has on this list. So let's start by going through this list. We start with the goalkeepers. Ethan Horvath, Sean Johnson, and Zach Steffen. Defenders, Reggie Cannon, Serginho Dest, Aaron Long, Eric Palmer-Brown, Anthony Robinson, Miles Robinson, James Sands, DeAndre Yedlin, and Walker Zimmerman. Your midfielders, Kellen Acosta, Tyler Adams, Gianluca Busio, Luca De La Torre, Eunice Musa, and Christian Roldan. And then your forwards, Brendan Aronson, Paul Areola, Jesus Ferreira, Jordan Morris, Jordan Pifak, Ricardo Pepe, Christian Pulisic, Gio Reyna, and Tim Weah. So there's a couple of guys that we need to highlight first. Of course, from the goalkeepers, you notice one name that is, that is huge that is missing, and that is Matt Turner. As we all know, he has been out for several weeks due to a foot and ankle injury. He is not yet back playing for the New England Revolution. Uh, there was wild reports out there that his injury was actually frostbite from the Minnesota game. But those conspiracy theories aside, we all know that He injured himself at some point during the preseason for the New England Revolution and has not yet played on the season. So we're hoping to get him back. But of course, he is not healthy and will not be in this camp. All odds are on Zach Steffen, who is now back training and on the bench for Manchester City, that he will be the one that is the number one in this camp for the goalkeepers. For defenders, again, on St. Patrick's Day, we're recording and just hours before this roster was released, we saw another guy go down and his name was Serginho Dest. Serginho Dest suffered a hamstring injury. And according to Greg Berhalter, even though he did not have a lot of information about the injury, he said, quote, it's not looking good for him to be a part of this team. He was named to the roster because it was too late for him to be removed from it. And also, again, they don't have a lot of information about the extent of his injury, but It does not look like Serginho Dest will be in this camp. When asked on the press conference what would happen if Dest is not good to go, Greg Berhalter mentioned that he would call in the left back because at this point on this roster, there's only one guy in Anthony Robinson that is able to play left back or at least has played a significant time 
at that position. So he mentioned names like Joe Scally, George Bellow, Sam Vines, and Shaq Moore as possibilities to be called into camp should Des not be able to go. And we'll see who he does call in. Uh, my bet is probably going to be George Bellow, but we'll see where his head is at as we approach the weekend. Also with the Fenders, there was one guy who is not on this list. It's John Brooks. And John Brooks, again, we saw him in the September window and he wasn't playing very well. He didn't have an injury in October and in November and January, he was out. And, and the word there was his form was not up to snuff. And even John Brooks himself said that his form was not up to snuff during those times, but he has been back playing for Wolfsburg. He's been playing very well for Wolfsburg and he is still left off of this roster, but through Derek Ray, uh, ESPN's Derek Ray, he released a statement, and I want to read it to you because I think it's important. And John Brooks, this is from John Brooks. He mentioned, quote, months ago, I accepted responsibility for my play and the decision that kept me off a roster. Now I'm happy I've regained my form, but unfortunately, I wasn't invited to camp. I accept this as the coach's decision, but I won't accept that I can't change this before the final World Cup roster selections. There should be no questions about my desire to play for this team. My plan is to fight as hard as I can to make it back to the United States men's national team. My American identity is at stake, an identity some have questioned over many years. We Americans have all been down and out at different times, but we always fight back, and I plan to do the same, end quote. That is a powerful statement from John Brooks. That is a very great statement from John Brooks. He clearly is not done with this national team and all attempts to write him into the history books as someone who is a former national team player you can stop writing those because it seems like John Brooks is not done. And in asking Greg Berhalter about this, uh, he got a lot of questions about this from reporters. He mentioned that the window is not closing him, that there is going to be an opportunity to get him back into the fold. But he basically said that he has a way that he wants to play for this window. And that way did not suit the play of John Brooks. So uh, I think down the line in the summertime, we have nations league. We'll have, a couple of friendlies, hopefully, and then we'll have the September window. Those will be opportunities to hopefully welcome John Brooks back to camp. And I think that is going to be on the table. Uh, but as of now, John Brooks is not in this camp. In the midfielders, obviously, one big name that's missing, probably the biggest name of them all, is Weston McKinney. Uh, Weston McKinney obviously suffered a fractured foot a couple of weeks ago and has been ruled out for the remainder of the season for Juventus and Honestly, this is the biggest blow for us is who's going to replace him. Right now you have a midfielder core of right now you have a midfielder core of six. Again, Kellen Acosta, Tyler Adams, Gene Luca Busio, Luca De La Torre, Eunice Musa, and Christian Roldan. And for me, I think Kellen Acosta kind of slides into that position. And you may have either Luca De La Torre or Eunice Musa there to complement them, but you can't really directly replace Weston McKinney. You can't replace Serginho Dest, and it's going to be a, a real tall task for this team to kind of regain the shape that we have with those two guys on the lineup with other guys. So uh, Greg Berhalter's got a lot to figure out on how he's going to play with this roster and who is going to be able to step up to fill in that role. Because again, that first game against Mexico, the creativity is going to be lacking with Dest and McKinney out. Who is going to step in to fill those shoes? There's a couple guys who are back in the lineup, and I want to mention those because we 
We've talked about the negatives a little too much so far, but there are a couple of guys who we welcome back to the roster. One is Aaron Long, who after a lengthy absence due to injury is back in the national team at center back. And of course he is going to try and fight to be on the field for the United States men's national team at center back. Also on the forwards, Gio Reyna is finally back. Gio Reyna, who was out, he suffered an injury back in the fall and has been out since then. He came back right after the February window closed and then immediately re-injured himself, but he is back. He's playing again for Borussia Dortmund and it looks like he is ready to go 100%. And then also you have Jordan Pifak, who has been absolutely banging in goals for young boys. He has been killing it lately. And I think it, it, I thought he should have been called into the January window. He's been playing that well for that long, but now we see we're at a position where Greg Berhalter realizes that the style of play that we have serving balls into the box requires someone of PFUX nature to be there to head them in. And I'm glad that he's back in this camp. I think he's a guy that can put in a couple of goals for us when it really counts. And again, we're going to have three really big games coming up. So there's your roster. I think this roster is fine. Obviously we have a lot of injuries at certain key positions that are precluding us from having our full fledged lineup, but we have some guys that are hot right now. Jordan P Fox hot. Brendan Aronson has, has been killing it lately. Christian Pulisic has been killing it lately. The great thing about having three forwards that are on fire right now is that we need to score goals. And we have three guys that are certainly capable of doing that. All of these forwards are capable, but at least we have seen three guys demonstrate that week in and week out for the last few months. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what they're going to do. Again, the window, the biggest window on this calendar, March 24th at Estadio Azteca versus Mexico, March 27th at Exploria Stadium in Orlando versus Panama, and then March 30th at Estadio Nacional versus Costa Rica. Currently, the United States are in second place in the octagon. Their magic number is six points to get into the World Cup, to secure a top three finish that includes points dropped from Costa Rica. That includes points dropped from Panama. And it also includes points won by the United States over this window. So we, we breathe, we wait, we hope, but this is going to be an important week for the men's national team. It starts with again, a road qualifier that we've never won before. It ends with a road qualifier that we've never won before. And in the middle, we play at a stadium where we've never lost. So those dynamics are there. The scene is set. Everybody get ready. It's going to be a wild week, but let's prepare. The United States men's national team is here. We have 27 guys that are, that are tasked with getting us to Qatar 2022. The World Cup draw is on April 1st, and hopefully after this window, the United States will hear, hear their name called in Doha at that draw. We'll take a quick break, and after we come back, U.S. Soccer has a new media rights deal. We will break it down for you. Coming right up. We are back, and we are now going to talk about something that happened a couple of weeks ago. And hopefully all of you are ready for matches on TNT, TBS, and HBO Max. On March 1st, U.S. Soccer announced that they have reached a deal 
with Turner Sports to have the English language broadcasting rights to over 20 U.S. national soccer team games each year. It is an eight-year deal that begins next year in 2023 and runs through 2030. Now, according to The Athletic's Paul Tenorio, this deal is for roughly 25 to $27 million per year, which if you think about it, it sounds like that's not a lot of money. But U.S. soccer previously earned about $30 million a year on their last contract, but that included the packaging of Major League Soccer in that deal. That has been split off. Major League Soccer will have their own rights deal. And this now, 27, 25 to $27 million for the English language rights going to U.S. soccer just for the national team. So still pretty good business. Now, here is how it's going to break down. Every match each year that's played, these are all U.S. soccer-controlled games. Those will be streamed live on HBO Max, with half of those 20 matches each year being shown on either TNT or TBS. The other half of those matches, again, will just be on HBO Max. So if you don't have HBO Max, it is time to start investing in it because for the next eight years, starting in 2023, there will be games on that streaming service. The partnership will also see Bleacher Report receive the digital and highlight rights and other content will be produced through Warner Media. So this agreement means that Turner Sports will hold the exclusive English language rights for all U.S. men's national team and women's national team World Cup qualifiers at home, friendlies for both the U.S. men's national team and women's national team, send-off matches, and other events like the She Believes Cup. What will it not include? It will not include the rights to the various World Cups because as of right now, through 2026, that is still being held by Fox. While the U.S. men's national team will not have World Cup qualifying in this next window due to them hosting the World Cup, this deal does include World Cup qualifiers in the 2030 cycle. So the eight years means they're going to have a lot of games and they will have some important ones down the road. But again, after March 30th, we will not have a World Cup qualifier for about six years. Those games will be on TNT, TBS, and HBO Max. So there's your media rights deal. I, I think when it comes to TNT and TBS, a lot of people were turned off about how they did the UEFA Champions League when they had it for a couple of years. And I was too, but I, I feel excited about the opportunity that these games will remain on linear TV, at least on cable TV. The issue that is going to present itself in the first, at least the first couple of years, at least, is the HBO Max exclusive games. Because as of right now, HBO Max can't be shown in bars. And that's a big deal because for a lot of people, there are watch parties for you know supporters groups or what have you. People want to watch the game and gather to watch it with their friends. And a lot of them do that at bars. And if bars can't show these games, then it means that people aren't going to watch. That means the TVs at that bar will be turned to something else and people won't be watching soccer. So that is the first thing that they're going to have to get a handle on is what games are going to be on TNT, what games are going to be on TBS, what games are going to be on HBO Max, and figure out a way so that everyone can watch them all. Now, mind you, this is only for the English language rights. We always have Telemundo, NBC Universo, and Univision uh, as options for various games on the schedule when it comes to Spanish language. And I think that's important too, because the Spanish language rights garner up to a million people for some of these games per match. And I think that is what a, a huge market that U.S. soccer has yet to really fully invest themselves in. 
But I think when it comes to the English language rights, they have to be widely disseminated and they have to figure out a way to get this in front of as many eyeballs as possible. They can't rely on people just signing up for HBO Max because of soccer. And they can't rely on people knowing that games are going to be on TNT and TBS when they turn it on and they see a rerun of suits or they see, you know, inside the NBA, maybe there's going to be some crossover there, but they have to get that messaging out. They have to get the communication out on where these games are going to be and how fans can find it. So they still have a little bit ways to go. Obviously there are a lot bigger fish to fry before we get to 2023 and we can put it on the back burner for now, but I think it was important to point out that that deal was reached because for some of you, it means a change in how you approach watching men's national team games and women's national team games. And I think that's important to highlight. So that will do it for episode 76 of the stars and stripes FC podcast. Thank you all so much for listening. We are going to take a break. Uh, I know we just took a break, but we're going to take a break, obviously get through this window and hopefully get through a world cup draw that here's the United States being called out as one of the 32 teams in this fall's world cup. So we will come back to you after that. As always, make sure you subscribe to this podcast. Stay tuned and locked to starsandstripessc.com. We're going to have a lot of content surrounding these matches, and you won't want to miss any of that. Chime in on the conversation there. Also, if you like what you're hearing, five-star ratings and reviews are awesome, and they really help, so I appreciate that in advance. And if you have questions for the show, which will be important because after this men's window, there's a women's window, and then after that, there's not much for a couple of months. We'll be able to tackle all the topic suggestions and questions that you want. So send them to SSFCpodcast at gmail.com. So good luck to the United States men's national team. Until next time, hopefully I am talking to you about a World Cup-bound men's national team. But until then, take care. <laughs>